0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to another broadcast night on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. Hosted and produced by the soul of America Radio. Hope and healing, a journey to wholeness, takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard this inspirational flight with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, Mr. Man of Purpose himself. Your host, J.R. Vicklin.
3: And welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here on this night. That's right. The first show of 2013 as we have been up under uh, station reconstruction and things that have been happening for us, technical things, but we're so glad to have you tonight to join us here on Hope and Healing, Our Journey to Wholeness. And I'm so glad that you've tuned in tonight right here on Soul of America Radio. If you're listening by Internet, that is www.soulofamericaradio.com and right over here to the tab where it says Hope and Healing. If you're listening today by uh, radio, by phone, you're calling on area code 323 784 9638 and we're so glad to have you tonight as we have an exciting show uh, in line for you tonight we have an exciting time and just so much that we want to have to share with you on today and I'm telling you we are already into the 28th day of this new year hard to believe but 28 days have already come and literally gone here in uh, this very brand new year, and we're so glad to have you tonight. As I said, we have a very exciting show lined up for you tonight. Uh, We are going to be talking about an array of things, but uh, particularly in one particular vein. And so we're inviting you tonight. Tonight, as we're making our uh, debut of 2013, I want you to understand tonight is about really the issue of domestic violence, and we want to talk about not only domestic violence, but the role, the role that that we should play in domestic violence, and not only that, particularly the role that uh, the faith community clergy should play in domestic violence and the role that families should play inside of it. And so many of you that are listening tonight, undoubtedly you uh, definitely can identify with the fact of either experiencing abuse or knowing someone who has experienced abuse, and how did you feel, you know, uh, having known these situation? Did you feel helpless? Did you feel that you had a voice? Did you feel that you could make a way? Did you feel that you really, um, you know, had uh, what that person needed at that time? Or did you feel helpless? Did you not know where to turn? All those things are very crucial as we address this issue of domestic violence. And so I'm so excited as we're here tonight because, in fact, there's so much work to be done. There's so much things to be addressed, and particularly in the community of color. I want to say that again, because although domestic violence affects people from every walk of life, although it affects people from every sector of life, every gender, every orientation, every, uh, you know, age group, uh, every social economic status, let us not be fooled, beloved. Domestic violence is disproportionately affecting people of color and particularly women of color in numbers that uh, that are oftentimes not even mentioned on the mainstream and That is really what the purpose of this program is. Hope and healing a journey to wholeness is about bringing healing and bring, and bringing hope to those that have been affected by uh, domestic violence, by abuse, by rejection, by abandonment, by uh, you know by relationship destroyed, whatever it is that you need healing from a uh, hope. This is what this show is all about, but it's also meant to be a stage to educate, to cause one uh, to have resources, cause one to have a place where they can come and literally not only hear about this, but also participate in our discussion. So tonight, we want to really get into that tonight. And once again, if you're listening tonight, area code 323-784-9638. That is somewhere that you call in on. If you would like to share, or like to have a question, or like to actually speak to uh, myself, uh, just hit one on your keypad, and the producer will make sure that you get in tonight. So I want you to listen tonight because this show is designed with you in mind. And I want to take our time tonight as we have this show tonight. Because the purpose of this show tonight is not necessarily to bash anyone, it's not necessarily to uh, uh, to drop the bomb on anyone, but it is about empowering, and it's about the fact that what so many people need. There are people that are being affected by abuse every single day of our lives. Can I tell you that domestic violence doesn't take a holiday? Can I tell you that domestic violence doesn't take a, 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 a sabbatical? Unfortunately, every nine seconds in this country, on a national average, a woman is battered in a domestic violence situation, and every six hours, a woman dies at the hand of her batter uh, uh, at her partner and This here is senseless violence that is happening that too often is destroying families it is destroying families in great numbers. Children are being left orphans, children are being left without mothers, and children are being left without fathers, and, and grandfathers are being left without grandchildren. And that's why today you need to understand this subject matter involves and affects more people than just the two people that are involved. Because when children are exposed to domestic violence, we have to think about the ramification, what happens to them emotionally, what happens to them psychologically, what happens to them far as the way they, they see the world What lens do they look out, even the way that they even trust God? Because there are many times, whether adult or children victims, they're asking themselves a question. Why did God allow this to happen? Or they're asking themselves the question, where was God? And so these are real questions that happen with people that are abused and people that are suffering violence at the hands of someone. And so tonight we want to get into our uh, time together, and I want to just set the premise tonight. I'll say this: on yesterday, uh, uh, on yesterday, uh, my wife and I and the family we actually uh, went to visit a. Friends Church uh, down in, uh, I would say, down in Broward County in, in, uh, in South Florida. And as we went there uh, to be there at the church service, a very tremendous service. They had a great youth night. They had a, a youth day. It was just absolutely awesome service. And we were there. And when the pastor stood up, the pastor uh, at one point began to give the announcement for the following week. And when the pastor began to talk about the funeral service of a particular young lady would be held the following Saturday at 10 a.m. there at the church, he then followed up by saying, I have to say this. He said, this domestic violence has to stop. This young lady died a tragic death. And we've got to do something about this domestic violence. That there are too many people that are using their scripture in order to justify battering, to justify abuse, and there are too many people that are getting away with it. They're all in the church, outside of the church, but this has to stop. And he said something that I applauded in so many ways. He said these words. He says that it must start in the church. The church has a responsibility in a role inside of this. And that's what I want to say to you today, that I believe that he was right on it and he was absolutely correct. And at the end of the service, uh, definitely I've gotten its attention by then, and this church and this pastor is willing to do some things about it, including training, including uh, having their members exposed to the proper training, and just really beginning to set up that, uh, if you would, that safeguard, and mostly the education of things that are needed in order to come back domestic violence. So tonight... I want to hear from you tonight, those of you that are out there, perhaps you know someone, you've lost a loved one, perhaps you're a survivor of domestic violence. And I want to know, in in these instances, did you turn to the church and what role did the church play and what role did the pastor play and all those things that are there? So I just want you to know tonight that, we want to have an open dialogue, and I'm I'm going to have a lot of different people that will probably be calling in tonight. But once again, if you'd like to lend your opinion, uh, you may definitely do so by simply hitting 1 on the keypad if you're calling in on area code 323-784-9638. So I want to go to, I think we have a caller on the line who has indicated that they would like to have something to say. It's caller, your number ended in 0288 today. Uh, I'm so glad that you've joined us. Welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. How are you doing tonight? Caller, are you on the air? Okay, if you're interested in having something to say tonight, uh, just remember, if you hit the number one on your keypad, that lets our engineer know that you want to have something to say, and we will come back to you, uh, and we will definitely acknowledge you today. But I want to go back to that. Can I read this story? I want to read this uh, for you. This story is right out of the uh, Sun Citadel uh, there in Broward County in Fort Lauderdale. It says, a man fatally stabs girlfriend in Fort Lauderdale, police says. Uh, and it goes on to say that this man is accused of fatally stabbing his girlfriend seven times Tuesday after questioning her fidelity, police said. And allegedly, Michael uh, Jerome Mills, age 61, was charged with murder and was being held without bail in the Broward County Maine Jail for the alleged sling of his girlfriend, Teresa Johnson, age 46. Police found her outside of her apartment with seven stab wounds across her body. She was pronounced. Watch this. She was pronounced dead in emergency surgery at the Broward Health Medical Center, the police said. The stabbing took place about 7.15 p.m. Tuesday in the couple's home along the 700 block of northwest 12th avenue police said according to a police report mills got into an argument with johnson and became enraged because of what says the thought of her sleeping around that's when he pulled out a large butcher knife and slashed johnson across each side of her chest in the left elbow left thigh and twice in the back before the blade uh, before taking a blade across her stomach police said mills fled on foot but returned when he saw an officer's patrol car outside the apartment and admitted stabbing his girlfriend, the report said. During his first appearance uh, in court on that Wednesday, uh, the judge uh, said to him uh, that uh, that Mills told the police that he did it. He stabbed her, but he did not know how many times. That there was probable cause. And uh, and he says, sir, there's an omission. We have a deceased victim. And it goes on to say that the authorities did take this information on this. But I want you to hear this tonight because of the fact what we see happening here is here's a fatal stabbing, a fatal death of a young lady, 46 year old, that was stabbed by, watch this, by her partner who was outraged because of the possibility, the thought of her being with someone else. People when we start talking about domestic violence, this insatiable need to dominate, to control, to to, to, to uh to to uh totally take possession of someone's life, this is not normal. This is not normal and there's no way to justify this. And so many of you tonight, even as you're lined up on the line there tonight, I want to hear your opinion about this because of the fact perhaps you know and you know someone that have suffered at these hands here, but more importantly, here's a young lady here that we have to think about it. She is a mother, she is a daughter, uh, she has family, she has church family, she has people that she interacts with, she has coworkers and all those individuals there. And I'm gonna ask a question. How many people think that perhaps family members knew or coworkers knew, or did church members know? And how big of a problem is that oftentimes with people that are victims of domestic violence? I'm opening up the line to you today. If you'd like to have a question or opinion, something to say, just hit number 1 on your keypad if you're calling in on area code 323-784-9638. If you're listening on uh, by Internet at www.soulofamericaradio.com, then I invite you then to call in on area code 323 784 Uh, nine six three eight and hit the number one on your keypad and we will acknowledge your presence we'll acknowledge your call and we'll get you on the airway to entertain your questions and entertain your comment on tonight but this is something that is very tragic this is something that definitely stands out this is something that concerns me because when these type of things happen There's not one person that's just affected by it. The whole community is affected by it. People are affected by it. Neighborhoods are affected by it. Children are affected by it. I mean, everyone is affected by this tragedy, and yet it's still occurring way too often in our communities. And it is a state of mind. It is the perception that, unfortunately, that oftentimes that men may have a woman, boys may have a girl, and the need to feel that they can dominate and control. It is so important that we find help in these times and that we break the silence and that this has to be something brought to the forefront. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Us, right here on Soul of America Radio. I'm your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined me tonight. I invite you right now so the lines are open right now, and I would love to have you tonight to have something to say and i do have a caller that want to say something and right at the other side of the break we're going to take your call that's number in it in 8823 we'll love to have you on and uh we're going to go in right for our break at this time our first break i'll see you on the other side of the break you're listening to hope and healing i'm your host jr thickman i'll see you on the other side of the break
1: up on The Soul of America Radio, go to soulofamericaradio.com for more information. Hello, this is Tony Stallings, founder and CEO of The Soul of America Radio. I wanted to take this time to thank you for your patience as we went through a period of time where we did not broadcast for probably about a month. We had some technical issues that we have since worked out, and now we are ready to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. Tonight's program is J.R. Zicklin, who brings you hope and healing on Journey to Wholeness. We have more programming coming up, brand new shows, I promise you that, but you stay tuned right here on the Soul of America Radio, and thank you for all of the wonderful correspondence, through cards, emails, and everything else we received, saying that you want us back. We are back. This is the one and only, SOAR! And now here's your host, J.R. Siglin.
3: This is your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here on our inaugural broadcast of 2013. As you heard it there in the announcement there that for technical uh, difficulties and restructuring, uh, definitely we have been away for about three or four weeks. But we're so glad to be back. And once again, thank you for your, your calls, your concerns, your emails, and all those things uh, that uh, you have sent uh, waiting for the show to come back and as you heard Mr. Solon say we are back and we like to think that we're back and better than ever because we're eager and we're excited here at Soul of America Radio to be able to bring you some of the best and most informative programming and things that will make a difference in our practical lives. And regardless of where you are on which side of the coast you are, from coast to coast you find us, Soul of America Radio. Listen we're back on this side of the break, and those of you that may be just now be tuning in, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Ficklin, and we've been talking about this issue of domestic violence and what is the role that, uh, that we should play as community, as family, as coworkers, as children, as the church, as the clergy. And I shared a story about a young lady. I read the story who was fatally stabbed seven times last week down in Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, fatally stabbed seven times, and she was stabbed by her intimate partner, who, watch this, that was enraged at the very thought of her being with someone else. People, can I share with you that's not an anger management problem? That's an issue of control and power. That's an issue of dominance. That is an issue of objectivity because the individual sees her as an object. And I need to let you know that any time that someone sees you as an object, any time you are object- or objectified, it makes it easier for you to then be violated because they don't see you as a living, breathing, worthy individual, and so therefore they don't see you as being equal or valuable, and regardless of what has been said through wooden nickels and wooden promises, the reality is, is that proof is in the put, the need to control and to dominate. That is a serious issue, and I want you to know that issue occurs across the board. It doesn't matter where you are, race, it doesn't matter your educational background, I'm telling you, abusive relationships are happening at an alarming rate. So listen, uh, if you like to call in, if you would like to have a comment, if you'd like to uh, uh, ask a question, right here, Erico 323 784 9638. That's Erico 323 784 Hit the number one. If you hit the number one there, that will let our uh, engineers know that you want to comment or go on the air, and we'll bring you on the air and we'll entertain your comment or your question there. But I want to hear from you today that are out there in the audience, perhaps you're out there perhaps you've lost a loved one perhaps you yourself have suffered to domestic violence perhaps you know a coworker someone that has gone through this and i want to ask you the question what was your position did you feel helpless uh that they shared with you uh what happened perhaps you belong to a church and you've had a uh, church member or a choir member uh, someone there that has uh, been a victim of uh domestic violence homicide how did you all handle it how did the church recover from it? I'm listening to you. I'm hoping that many of you are listening tonight. I, I see that many of you are listening tonight, but I hope that you will call in and uh, definitely hit the number one. There, we would love to entertain your questions. We would love to hear your comments today. What is the role? Of the individuals, what is the role of our community uh, as a community of color african American community, African diaspora community? What is our role when there's domestic violence that is occurring uh, in our neighborhoods and our in our developments our, you know around us? What is our role tonight area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight I would love to hear from you tonight uh, call there and hit the number one, and we will get you on the airway There's just so much to be done even inside of our writing and even inside of so much of the work we've dedicated so much time to, I'm telling you there's not enough out there so that we may be equipped in addressing this. You know, uh, so many times in our churches, uh, pastors are thought to be the jack-of-all-trade and, and try to handle so many things. But in reality, many times they're not equipped to handle certain situations, and there's nothing like the situation of domestic violence to expose that. And that's why we do need training in that area. That is why we do need to open up our doors and open up our minds because of the fact that we have been entrusted with the lives of so many people. We've been entrusted with people lives and we do need to be better equipped in handling these situations. So Erico, 323-784-9638 is the number to call. If you'd like to have something to say, just hit the number one. We'll love your comment there. You don't have to give your name. uh, Just definitely if you have a comment, we'll love to have you to comment tonight uh, to hear your question that you have. Too often, I can tell you, too often we see the papers littered with stories of abuse and, and stories of death and stories of individuals who have been uh have been really, literally impacted by domestic violence, but so much seemingly to happen around the situation when it happens. But very few things seem to happen either before or afterwards. And that's where my challenge is to you tonight. My challenge to you tonight is the fact of where do you go from here? Let's take it to the next level. What is your role? What do you think your role and responsibility is inside of this? Do we not have a role? Are we not our brother's keeper inside of this situation? So I'm challenging you tonight. I'm challenging you to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Uh, I'm challenging you to be a part of this tonight. Uh, Play a part in uh, this uh, call tonight. I want to hear your opinion. Your opinion matters. Uh, So many of you have been affected by it. You've lost loved ones. You know, what about the fathers? What about the fathers out there who have lost daughters or who have had daughters who have been impacted by this type of abuse? What about those fathers who have lost loved ones, granddaughters and grandnieces and, and the to domestic violence? This is a subject that can no longer be swept up under the rug. This is the time that we must, you know, uh, we must stand up. We must take a stand against domestic violence. We must speak out about it. And I want to hear tonight uh, also from uh from well-meaning men, men that think and know that domestic violence is uh, unacceptable, men that think that, that know that domestic violence should not be tolerated, I want to hear from you today. I want you to call in because there is this notion that, you know, for some reason or another, that, that men are not concerned about this issue. I know for sure that I'm not the only man that is concerned about this this issue, and I want to hear from you today. I want to hear from you tonight. Call in right now, area code 323. That's area code 323-784-9638. And I'd definitely like to hear your comment. Hit the number one on your keypad so that we can bring you on the airway because this is absolutely vital as we deal with the subject matter of domestic violence and and how it's impacting our families, how it's impacting people, children growing up without parents, children growing up uh, uh, devastated, By what they've seen, what they've experienced. And we have a responsibility. That's why we as a community have a responsibility. Uh, we have a responsibility to each and every one. we have a responsibility to make a difference and if you're listening tonight, perhaps you know someone who's in a domestic violence situation and because this is a show that is heard across the nation, I invite you to call the national domestic violence hotline at one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three that's one eight hundred seven nine nine safe and that number there will help you uh in reaching out and get help if you are spirit Domestic violence. Perhaps you're working with somebody on your job, a coworker. Perhaps you are a church member with someone that you know that is dealing with domestic violence. And I'm gonna bring a caller on the airway right now, a number ending in four zero three three. I wanna hear from you tonight. Welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. You're on the air with us.
1: Hey Jay, how are you?
3: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm alright, this is Tony. I'm getting over the flu, so I may sound like uh, Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing the commercial, sounding like Barry White too, so I apologize for that. <laughs>
3: uh, we welcome a lot of folks find Barry White very a very good sound to listen to. So
1: go I know, I know, um, but but I, I called because you know I wasn't going to call. I was just going to quietly work behind the scenes, but I wanted to to carefully say something. I I, I don't want to, I want to be careful how how I word this. Um, you know, this thing domestic violence, Jay. A, a lot of people. Look at it as something that they want to get involved in, and and from what I'm seeing, involvement means listening. Involvement they think means tuning in the shows and and it's just kind of see what they say, uh, just kind of catch some points. But actually, uh, from what I'm seeing, involvement involvement is going to go a little bit beyond just awareness. It, it's going to take action. It's going to take a com- a commitment of the mind to do something and uh to give you an example uh not long ago uh in, in fact in the near, in recent weeks uh there was no signs that we saw obvious um nothing uh stood out about this uh, particular couple uh but down the street from me in in my community and i live in a what i consider a middle class community um quiet you know uh two two person household um I'm eating dinner, and the next thing I know, I'm looking at blue lights outside my window. And when I walk out, there's cops pulling up left and right. And it turned out to be a murder-suicide, a domestic murder-suicide. So I I walk down, and I'm talking to people about it. And uh, first of all, you're right. You said the community is affected. We were all standing out with our jaws on on the floor because we knew these people, they gave us no indication there was no signs uh there was nothing there and they they're telling us that it was a a murder suicide which they later confirmed and it affected the entire family on both sides of the family because a lot of times we think it just it's just not my problem uh you know i i'm i'm not into that you know, I'm I'm not that type of person. My spouse wouldn't do that, so we're okay here. But actually, it affected that our neighbors, and we weren't buddy buddy, but we knew them. It affected our household because my my youngest son, who happens to be the announcer here, was saying, "Wow, I, I can't believe they did that," and it, and it sort of affected him. He couldn't really sleep that night. And then when you think about it, Jay, these two people. Down the street about two two doors down that did this, it's a big old empty house now, creepy with all the lights on, affected my son sleeping here in his house, and he didn't know either one of them. But that act of domestic violence affected our household. It affected our community. It affected our street. It affected our, our subdivision. And it doesn't have to be – you don't have to be – you really don't have to know the people for it to affect you. It can affect your life with you just being around it. It's like it's like when when somebody burns food, everybody in the house smells it. And and that is essentially what happened. And I said on that to say that because we didn't see anything, Jay, doesn't mean that there weren't things there. The domestic Absolutely. violence unfortunately is one of those things where people tend to keep their hand down if if you're in a group of people and they say is anybody here suffering from domestic violence how about pornography hands don't go up for that that's not a popular sin uh you 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 know it's like the 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 drug addict yeah I'm a drug oh yeah but when you put your hand up for domestic violence and other things it's it's stigmatized and then people are sh- ashamed and silent and I think that that's part of the thing we need to really these shows like you're doing the grassroots shows, your website on facebook uh the other activities that you're that you're involved in I don't know if your listening audience knows, but you're deeply and heavily involved in it, and you do more than just this show and uh, the the silence i think is 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 a stigma that I believe um feeds into the cancer of it. And it's a community problem. You hit the nail on the head. It's not just a, that household problem. I couldn't point my finger at them and say that was their problem because that night I had a child that couldn't sleep. And I'm Absolutely. sure there were other people that were affected. And then also Absolutely. also, change is going to have to happen. And and people think, well, change is something. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Jay, I, I present to the list on is that change is a progression, not an event. No one thing is gonna change domestic violence. It's gonna take us getting on these on these calls, giving our input, giving our signals, passing the word that this show is going on and, and getting the number to the national hotline, counseling, education. Raising awareness is cool, but it's just not enough. We we've got to get people involved because I said all that to say this example that we have here, there was nothing anybody could have taught me or shown me that would have given me any indication that this would have happened. But maybe had we gotten involved more and given them the opportunity to to become involved more in different events or, um, or, or structures such as your show, maybe they would have picked up on something. Maybe they would have been exposed to it. But I, I just think that, that the church is very important in it. You hit the nail on the head with that because, like so many things, I, I know my church has a, a a Thursday night Bible study that they do kind of secretly for people that are suffering from sexual addictions. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that if, when we can get over this stigma, because if you're sitting next to the fire chief, and this is just an example doesn't mean that anybody, this is to, to anybody, but if you're sitting next to the fire chief, Jay, and, and that's your husband or that's your wife, and this person is a, as an abuser, you're going to be a lot less uh, thrilled to get up and go to people and say, This man is abusing me. You know, that's just the way they've done it in America. It seems like these pastors, uh, there was a very popular pastor whose name I won't mention that was accused of domestic violence, and people tended to pull away from it. Not that they shouldn't, but it doesn't really matter who. It's a community problem. So I I wanted to applaud this show and to get your input on my comments.
3: Well, first of all, thank you so much because I add so much to what we're saying. And, you know, what you said It happens across America that there are so many instances where we we see the domestic violence, homicide, suicide that occurs. And normally that is exactly what you hear people say, we had no idea that this was happening. We had no idea this was occurring. We had no idea that they were going through this, that, or the other. But what we must keep in mind is this. Domestic violence is not something people generally hang out you know, on their line. They don't put the signs on their door that we're having problems up in here and they do mm-hmm. all that they can to hide it. But it goes right. back to once again relationship association. You know, you talked about the fact that how everyone was affected because when those blue lights came, it became everybody it became exposed to everyone. Right. You know, people people undoubtedly came out of the houses from doors down and they come and they see this happening and here's an ambulance taking out, two people in body bags or whatever and and people are dumbfounded because, in fact, they did not fit what we consider the profile of someone who may be in an abusive relationship. Well, the reality is we have to ask ourselves the question, what is the profile
2: mm-hmm.
3: because we have domestic violence crosses every social, economic Ethnic line, it doesn't matter, you know what class we're we in. But you bring up a very important point. Oftentimes, when people are in position of power, of authority, whether they be pastors, whether they be educators, whether they be lawyers, whether they be, you know, uh, clerk, you know, whoever they may be, it becomes a little bit more difficult for people to come forward. Those of you that are just tuning in or just coming in, you're listening to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness. Uh, and I'm your host, uh, Jr. Thickman, And I'm so glad that you've joined us. Uh, you can reach just at area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. And if you'd like to have a comment or have a question there, hit the number one on your keypad and we will get right to you. But as we're discussing here, and we're right here on Soul of America Radio, the reality is, is that domestic violence, when it happens that way, you think about the impact of your son not being able to sleep. Why? Because everything that he saw, like everything you all saw, it resembled Normancy. It, re- it resembled normal, everyday America, American living at guess what, at a good level, at what appeared to be a peaceful level. Mm. But the reality is that oftentimes people are suffering, they're suffering in silence. And that is one of the reasons that you hit another point that is very important, that part of raising, raising, uh, raising awareness is only part of it. But it has got to be education. There's got to be people that are stand-up. I cannot tell you the number of people right on Facebook and other places that are uh, reading things that we're posting or people that are commenting and saying, hey, I'm with you. I want to be a part of this. And yet it's still. The next step is what's so difficult. Do they pick Mm -hmm. up that phone? Do they show up to the focus groups that I'm having? Do they show up at forums that we're presenting are they are they willing to stand up and be counted and to set up and be counted can happen in many ways can be part of helping to organize the forum uh, contacting individuals uh you know where are our city officials where are the ones that uh have the power to change policies and things as it relates to domestic violence and that is what we have to do and when we see these things happen excuse me the worst thing we can do is remain silent The second worst thing we can do is to continue on like it didn't happen because, as you said, this affects everyone. There's not one person that wins inside of this. Family members on both sides are absolutely distraught and torn apart. You know, I've been there, uh, Tony, inside of a situation where I had uh, a first cousin of mine many years ago who actually murdered his wife. And he mm. murdered her on her 27th birthday. And, and regardless of the fact that oh. he did not mean to do it in his own words, uh, did not know he had killed her, but the reality, he he, he stabbed her in the back with a fisher knife mm. in front of their a three-and-a-half-year-old son at the time. And there was a two-month-old child. Of course, we'll never know his mother or father because his father is incarcerated. But I will never forget the feeling that was so eerie on both sides of the family. No one won. It had tore the family apart. Those children was actually ripped uh, apart because of the fact of grief and, I, and 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 no one knowing what to do next. And these are reality. These things happen. Lives change forever. How many grandparents are now raising grandchildren because of the fact their mothers or their fathers or mothers and fathers having killed a domestic violence situation? That's the question. I'm quite sure many listeners that are listening, many of you that are tuning in uh, to www.soulofamericaradio.com. You're listening by way of the Internet. Uh, We invite your comment. Uh, You can call in at area code 323-784-9638, and uh, we invite your comment. Hit the number one because we'd love to have your input inside of it. So the next step is what do we do? Uh, I have been calling for not only a series of focus groups and a series of um, uh, meetings, a series of forums, but even more so what's happening on, on my end, uh, Tony, is to raise up, if you would, and galvanize an army of advocates, an army of survivors, an army of practitioners, an army of leaders and people who don't want to just talk about it but people that want to be about it. And that is one of the reasons that we're open up, and we're literally – I am, I am literally imploring – uh, for men to call tonight, clergy to call tonight. We're not here to indict you. We're here to literally reach out to you, to say to you tonight that we have to step up and do better. And if we don't know better, reach out and get help. We provide training for clergy. We we provide cl- uh, training for organizations inside of this very, very uh, difficult area of domestic violence, and that's what we're reaching out to and we need to have people to be a part of that and the people who are not afraid to stand up and, and be heard because that's what it's going to take. Undoubtedly, I promise you, Tony, there are people that are listening right now mm-hmm. that knows of coworkers, that knows of family members, that knows <clears throat> of friends, that knows of uh, you know of fellow church goers that may be experiencing abuse.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: What are they going to do besides just know it? Right, here are resources. How do we help steer them the right way? How is it that we can reach out even right now? Here's a lifeline. You don't have to give your name, you don't have to give their name, but this is an opportunity to reach out to help someone because there's nothing that one could say when a child is dealing with the, when a child <laughs> is dealing with the emptiness that their mother is not coming back or their father's not coming back. So that's an organization that is here in the, in the greater Palm Beach area that's called MAMA. It stands for Mothers Against Murderers Association. And I want to say this about that organization. It's a grassroots organization that was started, I guess, almost 10 years ago now, not quite that long ago. But it was started by a young lady because, of the fact, she had lost back-to-back family members to senseless gun violence, people being gunned down. And what she realized is she had to do something about it and that she realized that she identified with the pain of so many who had lost loved ones to senseless gun violence. So she started an organization, and one of the things that is so powerful about what they do is that they bring together those people, those mothers, who have been, been, been impacted by losing loved ones to violence. Not only just gun violence, many of them have lost children to uh, domestic violence. They've lost them to senseless violence. And they all have what they call a Circle of Hope group, uh, uh, probably two Thursdays out of the month. But they are there to support each other spiritually through the healing process. And you know what's really bothering me? is because here's a grassroots organization, just like mine is, a grassroots organization who I think is doing a tremendous job in our communities. Here's a grassroots organization that is reaching out to mothers. Watch what I'm about to say to you. that are giving them a place to, to go to. And they... This is what they do in order to help them heal. They are taking pictures with those mothers, I mean canvas-type pictures, with them holding a picture of that loved one. Give them something there, and they have a whole wall that they have all these pictures at, and they're identifying with other people that have lost loved ones, but they're there to support and be healing to them. They show up at funerals of people that have lost loved ones. They're there to comfort them. They have different drives to help things. But you know what is sad part because here's an organization that is almost about to close because they're not getting funding, they're not getting support. And the thing that gets me, they're not getting support from our community. Here's an organization that happened to be an organization of color, started by a woman of color, and yet and still we don't support our community enough to be able to bring hope and healing to those that are hurting. And we have to look, number one, at the church. And I and listen. As a fellow clergyman, I have to call it out. Listen, I just prepared a a presentation or training that I'm going to be doing a few months from now and was talking about the vital role that the church plays. And when they said, well, why does the church play a vital role? Number one, the church have access. They have access to families and to people. Number two, the church have opportunity. They meet on a regular basis, whether two or three or four times a week. They have opportunity Number three, the church has responsibility. They have a
2: responsibility
3: Mm -hmm. to the community. I mean, Tony, you're there there, uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, We both grew up in Alabama, both grew up in Selma. And when we look at the history of the Civil Rights Movement and all those things, the Voting Rights Act, we saw powerful men of God and clergy in churches that were at the forefront of the movement. Right. And we look and turn the channel now. We don't see that happening in today's society. So there's a problem with that and we have to resurrect that type of commitment in order to make a difference in our community. The churches should be leading the way and everything. Can you hang on with me to the other side of the break? Because I'd love to come back and, and those of you that are listening, ERICO three two three, seven eight four nine six three eight, like to see you on the other side of the break, hit the number one. I love to hit. Have your comments, and we'll see you right on the other side of the break. You listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Hold Us. I'm Jay Fickman, and I'm so glad that you're listening to us on Soul of America Radio. See you on the other side of the break. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: After this,
2: this is the soul of America Radio.
1: Your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638. Healing a Journey. Uh, with the new studio Thank you Welcome back to Hope and Healing
3: uh, they We're just off there for just a second We We're just informed by one of our listeners That they were unable to get in on the link There when you hit the link there Under soulofamericaradio.com And Hope and Healing And we're going to get that taken care of With the uh, technical redesigning of the studio and things. Uh, uh, is so good uh, that you made us aware because we are streaming live normally and we're also archived inside of this. So uh, thank you so very much uh, for listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Holiness. We have been in the midst of a very important uh, conversation here about domestic violence and so many of you that are listening tonight's We'd love to have your comment, area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. And if you'd like to have something to say or comment or question, uh, just hit the number 1. Hit the number 1 right there on your keypad. That'll let our engineer know that you want to say something. You don't have to give your name. We'd just like to invite your opinion, your comment. If you have a question, we invite you tonight to uh, come aboard here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Hold Us. Now, we were talking about here just before the break about... The role that we play, every one of us, every one of us, if we know of someone who's being abused, we have family members, loved ones, classmates church members, or whoever uh you know coworkers what is our responsibility inside of it and I'm quite sure there are those of you that are listening right now you've had that you've had classmates you've had uh, you've had individuals that uh you've had individuals that uh, definitely are. Uh, impacted by domestic violence, and perhaps they've confided in you. But what is our responsibility as a community, as a person, as an individual? And I want to bring you on tonight, Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's Erico seven three uh, Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight tonight. As you're listening to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Hold Us. So I invite you tonight, as you're listening, because I shared earlier story about what happened on down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, down in uh, the Broward County area, just on so last week, 46-year-old young lady, uh, brutally murdered, uh, stabbed seven times by her partner. And once again, I want to reiterate, reiter- uh, reemphasize, I should say, and reiterate the fact that he literally stabbed her to death because of the thought of her being with someone else. Ultimate control, ultimate uh, control of this individual Ultimate domination and took the life of her, and therefore, in doing so, guess what we're talking about a young lady we're talking about someone who uh left children behind due to domestic violence, so as you're listening tonight, I invite you if you like to have a comment about domestic violence uh definitely tonight, hit the number one on your keypad to let our engineer know that you want to have uh, something to say, and we welcome you to the show, those of you that are listening and once again, those of you that were trying to stream live uh uh, we're getting that link taken care of right now, and we'll post it on Facebook so that you'll be able to uh, tune in and uh, go right back uh, to that live link. But here's the travesty. Domestic violence occurs. There is those certain class that people are. That are affected by domestic violence. It doesn't matter whether you are, whether you're eight to eighty, blind, crippled, or crazy. It doesn't matter whether you're a Ph.D. or whether you are a G.E.D. It doesn't matter. Domestic violence crosses those lines. One study that was done just a few years ago, which was a very interesting, study that was done at one of the universities that actually talked about for women of color uh, that literally. Uh, uh, women of color who is higher educated stood a worse chance, or should I say a a greater chance of being in an abusive relationship than those that do not. And so uh, do not have a higher education. So I want you to understand that everyone... Uh, is impacted by it. And so I want to open up the line to you tonight as we're talking about this very important subject. Uh, What is our role? What do we do when someone is in an abusive relationship? Have you thought about when a person is in an abusive relationship, what do they do? Who do they call on? Uh, Who can they turn to? Ask yourself the question, am I a good person? Am I a good advocate? Am I a good listener? Am I a good resource for someone who may be going through an abusive relationship? That's a question to ask. Uh, you know, I'm just telling you that I deal with this on a daily basis, people from every walk of life uh, it, that are uh, impacted by domestic violence. So that's that's the reason for that. Uh, uh, there's no reason for anyone to uh, uh, blame or look at a person a different way. This is all of our problem it is our business, and we must begin to do something from a grassroot level. We must call upon the clergy. We must call upon fraternities and sororities. We must call on the educational system. We must call on the uh, health care system. We must call on our communities. Our communities, understand how families are torn by violence. Our communities are destroyed by violence. Our faith uh, is tested by violence, and you have to respond to this violence by raising the awareness, by speaking out, by taking an active stand. And that's what this show is all about. It's about bringing hope and healing. Uh, It is about uh, not only, uh, you know, Uh, What's going on But it's about preventing future things So I want to encourage you tonight If you're listening tonight If you'd like to have a comment you have something to say you have a question Erico 323-784-9638 Hit the number 1 Our engineer, know that you want to have something to say A comment, you don't have to give your name We just want your question or your comment Because you lend to this show What responsibility do we have as a community What responsibility do the church have what is it that we can do better than what we're doing as it relates to people that are dying due to domestic violence? We'll all get dressed in our black or our white. We'll all be there. We'll have uh, we'll have a uh, if you would the picture of the deceased on our on our T-shirt. But what can we do before that happened? And what can we do not only to re- preserve memories of those that have been uh, killed, but what can we do to make a difference? That's the question to you today, the audience. Uh, once again, Erico three two three. 784 uh, 9638, hit the number one. And, uh, you know, and we will acknowledge you right now on the show. So I want you to know tonight that we have to do something. A uh, Silence is not an excuse. Silence will not make it go away. As I, as I've written in one chapter of the book that we're completing, we talk about this very candidly. You cannot change that which you're unwilling to confront. You cannot confront that which you're unwilling to identify. You cannot identify that which you're unwilling to acknowledge. You cannot acknowledge that which you're unwilling to accept. So we, as a community, must raise our voice. We must stand up. We must bring it to the forefront we must do so because this domestic violence affect everyone let me say this to you as a father as a father I have a daughter and I have four sons but I have one daughter but this is what concerns me it concerns me the fact of how does she see herself how does she see herself what is what is her value how does she see herself as an individual how does she see herself as far as an individual and how she should be treated Uh, that is very important that is important to me, so I have to not only model it, uh, I have to also begin to show her that she is valuable. How many times do we see uh, how many times do we see individuals that's right individuals who find themselves in abusive relationship because of the fact they don't think that they deserve better or they think they can change someone else. Or they believe in the promises that someone made or because someone showed them so many things from the initial time. And so I want to invite you on, uh, those of you that are there that are listening, I love your comment inside of this. I'm uh, so glad, uh, Tony, you're back with us today. Uh, I just want to have you to chime in with us on this part here because there is a responsibility. There's a responsibility that we have, you know, to the grandfather who has to bury his granddaughter, due to senseless domestic violence, to the individual who probably thought that they welcomed somebody that was good for their daughter and to their family, and to have to deal with the tragicness of that family having to relocate, and of that family having to escape for their lives, what do we say to those individuals? Tony, you're back on the air with me.
1: Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I apologize. I had myself muted out. And uh, before we go into it any deeper, I wanted to say I was working with uh, one of the engineers. And if you go to the soul of com, there's a link at the very top that says click here for tonight's show. And that will take you directly to our show page. So if anybody's listening, just go to soul of com, click on Hope and Healing, and there's a link at the very top that clearly states click here for tonight's show. And, uh... You'll be live. And, uh, and and while you were talking, Jay, uh, I was thinking about when, when we had the Trayvon Martin situation. I know it was not a domestic situation. When we had the Sandy Hook, um, all of these other horrific tragedies, um, people were banding together. People had groups. People were wearing hoodies for Trayvon Martin. Uh, people were posting pictures of family and, uh, during the uh, Sandy Hook tragedy. Um, and then it kind of died away. And unfortunately, it appears as though this is what we go through with these domestic violence situations, where at first it's a shock, we're in awe, we're devastated, and then it goes away. And then it happens again, and we're in shock, we're awe, then it goes away. And um, it isn't until it hits home that we kind of stick around with it a little bit. And I think that it's just as important not to take away from any other tragedy, because everything, anything that takes a person's life is seriously tragic. But if we can just back up a little bit and realize that just like those two people down the street from me died, two senseless deaths, and it doesn't compare to children dying, and I know that the media didn't necessarily grab this particular story and and, and blow blow it out, but if we can have that same... Drive, that same tenacity we had for Trayvon Martin. Not that I'm comparing the two. No, I'm not. There is no comparison. I'm only talking about our reactions, Jay. You know, it's been said that life is 10% what happens and 90% how you react. Exactly. We have got to start reacting. You know, people say there's nothing I can do. Yes, there is. We need everybody, anything. Well, one anything thing you way can way. do to help. In fact, uh, I went out and uh, when, when I had my situation, I was sharing earlier with those now just tuning in that I had a domestic violence, which ended in murder suicide on my on my street. And what I did was, of course, they all the neighbors came out, blue lights was everywhere, ambulance, and it was just a horrific scene. Well, I walked down and asked the officers if there's anything I could, you know, assist them with because I all even though I didn't know anything. I felt like, well, maybe there's something they can think of to ask me about, you know, whatever I can help. There was nothing else I could do. But here we've got a situation now where there's plenty plenty we can do. Uh, You were giving out so many different things. Uh, In fact, I had something uh, I was looking at earlier where we could get together. If we could somehow, uh, raising awareness is good, but we've got to get a deeper understanding, Jay, We've got to get plans. We've got to start taking actions. We've got to learn how to monitor, how to how to uh, how to present ourselves. It's so much we can learn to do as far as taking action. It has got to be action oriented. Well, and you, you made an excellent analogy the other day about uh, just now about the civil rights. We had all kind of church pastors. Everybody was involved, and we started doing things when we couldn't take action one way. Jay, we went economically. Economically, exactly. I believe I'm saying that right. You're right. We started doing it that way. And although I know domestic violence is like fighting a silent enemy, we've got to do something to get into that little that little break, that silence, to, to make people come to us. If you can't go to them, then they, we've got to put something out there to bring them to us because too many people are dying. Those two that died on my block were too many in this community, and, and it affected every single body. And I wanted to share this. I don't know how much time you got. I wanted to share this quickly. Even after the fact, Jay, even weeks after this horrific incident happened on my street with the domestic violence that ended in murder-suicide, the families of the victims, this is why I'm very careful about how I say this because it's probably still being played out in litigation and so forth. The families showed up in the street and began to have, Arguments. So the, the family for the victim and the family for the uh, person that uh, committed the act initially, the shooter, they right. begin to have arguments over the property, and I, and I'm standing up thinking, okay, look how far down the road this has come. It, it's gotten to where these two people did this act, and now weeks later, we're arguing over racks of shoes. And, I, and and I, I'm not saying this to, to to poke fun or to gossip. I'm saying this, Jay, because we have got to get more involved before this stuff happens. We've got to open up our minds and become aware. And avenues like you have, man, I, I would gladly open up the doors. If we could do a 24-hour show and just keep shaving and going to the bathroom and coming back, I'd do it, man. We've got to do something to get the awareness from just sitting here listening to us talk to, yes, I need to do something.
3: Well, you know, you hit something that's very important because it goes back to societal attitudes. It's societal attitudes about this subject matter. I understand what I'm saying here. When we talk about societal attitudes about this, uh, then what we're dealing with is that how does society see it? You made a great contrast between the Trayvon Martin and you named some other things there. And I want you to hear this because, you know, people don't want to hear this, but this is the truth. It is something that we've said for a long time in this movement. Understand this. The most predictable violence that occurs in our country is not drive-by shootings. It's not the Sandy Hooks-type situation. It's not the Columbine. The most predictable violence in our, that occurs in our society is domestic violence. It's down to science. We know that nearly every nine seconds in this country, a female, namely, is battered in domestic violence. Every six hours, a female dies at the hand of a perpetrator directly dealing with domestic violence. Now, hear what I'm about to say to you. This is something that we know that is happening that will occur. But society doesn't have the same outrage against domestic violence as they do with a drive-by shooting, as they do with a random type of thing that happened with Trayvon Martin. It doesn't mean that Trayvon's life wasn't, wasn't valuable. It doesn't mean that the children's life wasn't valuable. But what it does say is that how society oftentimes, unfortunately, look at the life of women that are in relationship because we see them as being the property, what am about to say, of the person they're with? Because if you look at this, here's and this has been proven through exercise. And to those of you that are listening tonight, we welcome you to chime in. We're going to be on tonight to ten thirty uh on eastern time, nine thirty on the central time zone. So we, we invite you to chime in and become a part of this here. Here we go three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Hit the uh number one on your keypad and you can join into this discussion. Understand what I'm about to say to you. If you and I were in the mall right now. And we walked in the mall, and we saw what appeared to be a stranger run and hit a woman, grab her purse, and throw her down. First thing we would do is say, hey, man, what are you doing? We would interrupt. We would intervene because we felt like he did not have the right to do it because he appeared to be a stranger. However, if we saw him walking with her, them hugged up, and all of a sudden he starts hitting her, he starts doing things of that nature to her, guess what? if he did that the five out of seven men would not say a word to him because somehow or another they figured that's his business, that is his woman.
0: <clears throat>
3: so when we see the predictor understand what I'm saying, predictable violence, domestic violence. Drive by shooting, uh multiple shootings happening around there, a random thing. You will get more preachers and get a community to march, to organize, to do all those things for those types of situations, but they they do not value at the same rate the life of a couple of people that are together. And there's the problem. Where lies the problem? Because it is predictable. Where lies the problem? Because, you know what, long before we see that physical abuse and violence happening, there has been mental and verbal and emotional abuse. And oftentimes, children have been exposed to that type of abuse. These same children. Children are coming to school, and we're expecting them to perform and to do uh, 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 fake testing and all these things and perform, and we have no idea what they have been subject to the whole night before. They're falling asleep in class. They're cranky. They're playing out. They're going through these things, and no one hears their cry. Why? Because as a society, once again, we have not taken the issue of domestic violence serious enough. And whether we want to believe it or not, we still blame the victim. We still think that there's something that the victim could have done to prevent this. We still are blaming the victim, and as a society, we've got to come up. We've got to change the way that we look at things, and you're right. We've got to organize. That is the reason why. There's a call that I'm putting out even now saying, let's stand up for it. Let's do what we need to do. Let's make it happen. We've got to stand, rally, be educated, and our voice must be heard that this cannot be tolerated any longer. We have another caller that's on the line, uh, ending at number, uh, your phone number, ending at one. Uh you're listening to J.R. Fickman on Hope and Healing, and we're going to bring you in on the line here uh, with us tonight. Uh, Tony, stay right with us. I want to bring the call on the line. Welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. You're on the line
0: with us tonight. Good evening. Hi, good evening. My name is uh, Hugh. I'm calling from Virginia, and wow, you had a key word that we all have to really look at and analyze and then Look at ourselves in our lives, and that word is abuse. That's the root of everything, right there. If we can start looking at solutions for abuse of all kinds, we'll transition to a whole new wonderful paradigm for mankind.
3: Well, I I totally agree with you, Hugh. Aside of that, you know, when is enough is enough? Is that the question that we have to define? You know, do we have to define the lens that we look at one another through? Because I believe that in order for one to abuse, um, when I talk about another person, even to abuse an animal, to abuse someone, any breathing, living thing, then in order to abuse them and continue to abuse them, we have to objectify them. We have to objectify them, therefore objectifying them, you know what we do? We put them in a position where we don't see them as human. We don't see their value, we don't see their equalness, and we don't see their humanity, and therefore we feel justified.
0: Exactly and uh, it all starts with the self So if you're abusing yourself then take a look At that and straighten that out before you start projecting things out into the world And if you can learn to love yourself properly and Just put out positive things like you were saying before Now some people are apathetic, they don't want to get involved in anything But at the very least report things that may have uh, suspicious authorities and the other thing is uh, I heard some woman say recently that in a situation where somebody might be negative toward another and you're not involved in it just make it your point for the rest of the day in your life to put out positivity as much as you can and, and that divorces you from the situation but it put something out into the universe that will offset all the, the positivity will offset all that negativity.
3: Definitely. Now that's a real good advice, and I definitely appreciate that, Hugh. And and we can take advice from that. And that's what I'm saying, callers. When we look at abuse as a whole, as a whole, we definitely understand that this type of abuse, uh, you know, it starts from, uh, you know, oneself, and it goes on and it, it per and it continue to be perpetuated through other things we do. Thanks so very much for calling, uh, Hugh. Uh, great call. We got call caller number in, in fourth zero four zero three zero. Welcome to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness. Good afternoon.
4: Good evening. I have a question.
3: Yes, go right ahead. What
4: happens when the person doesn't want to give out, get out? What I mean is when you call the police, I have a neighbor, and they fight at least two or three times a week. And I call the police. I've spoken with the young lady and told her that this is the situation that she really doesn't need to be in. So when they fight and I call the police and I stand out there with her, but she refuses to file a complaint against this young man.
3: Okay, now I understand what you're saying inside of that. Because she refuses to do so, it may not translate to her not wanting to get out, but she's more afraid of what happens if she gets out. How do I make it from here? Uh, How do I continue on? One of the great issues that we have with domestic violence, especially in so many cases, is the fact of a victim having to figure out, how am I going to live without this person? It's not always because of love. Sometimes it's a matter of well-being. How do I support myself? How am I going to continue on? Because what I've discovered is that even when, even though they may seem to be functioning, Oftentimes that abuser have done a number on their mentality, on their psyche, have told them what they're not, what they will, won't will be able to do without them. You won't make it. No one will want you. You're going to fall on your face. So the fear of the unknown is greater than the fear that they see, although that fear is abuse.
4: Okay. Uh, also tonight, I've I've heard you say a lot about women being abused. There are also situations where women abuse men. Can you Absolutely. speak on that?
3: Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I, I do speak of, you can go right there to the uh, Center of Disease Control. They're right there when you look at the statistic. Men are abused in our society. There's no doubt about it. Men are abused. Men, not at the alarming rate that women are, but they're not too far behind. What we're seeing with men abused, men are abused by women just like men are abused by other men inside of abusive relationships. Here's the thing that changes the dynamic with men being abused. They're dealing with a couple of layers that are historically what women deal with. Number one, they're dealing with the fact of societal view about a man being abused. So now he's less likely to report it because of the fact, what does society say about a man? He's supposed to be strong. So the fact that he's been abused by a woman, he adopts that type of uh perception and doesn't want to be perceived as weak number two inside of a man being abused oftentimes the dynamics of men being abused oftentimes is one of retaliatory more so than it is of one that is of initial aggression by a woman one of the things that i've watched in a current study that's talking about is the number of times that men the number of times that women now getting to the point where they will strike back, or women reach to the reach the point that when they do strike, they're using more of a lethal force. In other words, where a man may hit, he may punch, he may eventually become violent with weapons and things of that nature, when women generally are abusive and they're especially retaliate, it's not a matter of just hitting you back. It's a matter of what
4: I hit you back with. So in a in a situation like that, sir when a man, because I I did have a friend who was physically abused by his um, wife and was told, of course, by his mom that you don't hit a woman back. So in a situation like that, sir, what is your advice?
3: In a situation like that is that he has to make the same decision like the woman that you were trying to get to move before. He's got to make a decision of safety. How does he find a place of safety? Because if he's not going to live in an abusive situation, he's got to consider his place of safety, number one. Number two, he has to consider the fact of how does he move on without this individual? Because in any situation, he needs to be safe, just like if it was a woman's victim. He needs to be safe. He needs to find a place to regather and regain his whole self because it is demoralizing it is very humiliating when a man is abused once again
4: there're very few places that are out there for men to go for shelter but then too you you also in this situation you have to think like the woman is thinking the man sometimes is thinking about the children so it, again in this situation i mean how how do you handle it how do you think about okay well you know like a woman i want to stay for the children so do are there places for men to go like you know in, in in the city where I am we do have a place for women to go that nobody knows about are there places for women to go is I mean for men to go is there a website that men can go if they're being physically abused
3: well I will say this there there are places in few select places they're not in great numbers, not even nationally, shelters for men to go to. I do know in certain states, even like California and, and different areas, not in every place there, that uh, their legislature have opened it up now that there must be a place for men to receive services as well. But once again, those places are far <laughs> in between, and so the first place I would start in terms of that I would call the national hotline one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. I would call that, and I would I have him to seek out those places. And perhaps if there's not a place in your local hometown, there are other provisions that can be made for temporary safety. Uh, just like some programs may have a hotel motel program to temporarily remove them from uh, the situation they're in. That's what uh, those are the type of opportunities that are there for them. But uh, first of all, let me commend you for having a heart and a concern, uh, even about the male who's also gone through the situation. Because by no means, by no means do we want to ever give the impression that it's not as equally uh, uh, an atrocity when men are abused, just like it is with women. The problem in our society is that domestic violence have not been stood up against, and we have not taken really a serious look at it as we should because, once again, no one wants to get involved, and we have to do so in order to see a difference.
4: And also my last statement, my my last um, my, the last thing I want to say is, is not a question, it's a statement. As a female that was uh, physically abused one time and the last time, the um the worst thing you can do out there, all listeners, is to think that it won't happen again. Do not stay. Do not be quiet. Get out while you can.
3: Thank you. And I thank you so much, caller. Very good advice from that caller there because what the caller is basically saying is that don't get comfortable thinking that uh it won't happen again. You cannot find safety in just the fact of just rationalizing that it won't happen again because it will happen again. Thanks so much, caller. Very good callers back to back there. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. If you like to call on the line, if you like to have a comment or question, hit the number one on your keypad and we'll be so glad to have you uh on the show tonight. That's area code 323-784-9638. That's just the way it works. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, right here on Soul of America Radio. I'm your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I would love to have you. Have about uh, right at 12 minutes left in the show tonight. If you'd like to have something to say, please just... uh, once again, just hit the uh, number uh, one on your keypad. We'll get to you right after this break here, our last break of this evening. Uh, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We'll see you on the other side of the break. I'm your host, J.R. Thickman. Thank you for being with us.
2: On radio my name is Bernadette Stannis, and you know me as Noma from the TV show good times and I am hanging out with Tony on the soul of American radio we love lucky
0: we got
1: Needing the voice of wisdom in a relationship. Needing a new direction to go in in an abusive situation. That's why we're here. This is the Soul of America Radio. We now return you back to the show.
0: Save the day
3: I'm so glad that you are there with us. Uh, you know, it's so interesting that we're down to about nine minutes on the show. And I'm telling you, our boards are filled up with so many callers there. And, Tony, I know that you're still with us. We have another caller that's calling, uh, number NNN 8498. Uh, we want to welcome you tonight to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Thank you for being with us. You're on the air with us, caller.
2: Hi. How are you, Tony?
3: We're doing great tonight. How are you?
2: I'm good. Um, you made a statement about, you know, the reason a person would stay in an abusive relationship is because of basically finances or, you know, dependency.
3: That's one basically, of many reasons. <laughs>
2: you know, it's like I was in an abusive relationship for like four years. That was my least worry. Okay. My main concern was the fear of losing my life.
3: Well, yeah, that's find, one of the major reasons, yes.
2: Exactly, you know, because I was constantly told. Wherever you go, I will find you. And when I find you, I will kill you. So, you know, and I have a friend who was married, and she's battling with this now. Well, uh, let me correct myself. I had a friend, and I lost that friend because I tried to help her out of this relationship. You know, I dropped her head.
3: No, no. You, you brought up a very valuable point, and I do hope that everyone heard that. It's the fact that you said you had a friend but you lost that friend because you were trying to help them out of it. And we don't ever want to give that impression. It's not always easy to help someone out of it. Am I correct? That's correct you have to have a mind made up to go. And I want to make sure I just want to reemphasize what you said, and I want everyone to know that there are several reasons why people stay. And our caller here brings up a very important part. For some, it may be finances. For some, it may be that they're in love. It's for some because, the fact, they want to hold on to marital vows. But for some, and for many, it is the fear of their life, of what will happen, the loss of life, because we do know, that uh, domestic violence lethality increases when a person leaves that relationship. And oftentimes when that person tells you that if you leave me, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you, those are not empty promises. Those are not empty threats. Those are things that you generally follow up on.
2: Exactly. So I actually had to leave my kids behind to move to another, you know, another state and start a new life for like three years. To get away from this person, then and I it had took, to.
3: It took that you know, long take, for you to rebuild your life. I understand. Exactly. Yes. exactly.
2: Then I came back, you know, moved back to the town that I was at. You know, and it took me a while to actually be able to see this person. You know, right. and I could actually look him in the face without any fear.
3: Wow. You know, caller, I I would love to, and if you could hang on to after the show, I would love to definitely have the opportunity to speak to you off the air. And uh, I know that we're almost out of time. But I would love to have you to be, uh, uh, you know, come back and be a guest, or you know, to speak to us on our on one of our other shows. We'll be back on next Monday at the same time. I just think it's very important that people hear. <clears throat> excuse me, from people that are survivors like yourself. That, that oftentimes the decision to leave is not always the easy one. And then the road to healing and recovery is not an easy one as well. So uh, if you, would you hang on and will you uh, hang on uh, so that we have opportunity to speak to you after the show? I sure will. Very much appreciate it. People, this has been a uh, very great show tonight. Tonight on Hope of Healing, a journey to hold. Us. we have just a, uh, just a few minutes left, actually about less than uh, two minutes with the uh, with the, ex, uh, with the uh, exit going out. Uh, Tony, are you there? I know that you had something that you wanted to also uh, bring forth tonight. Uh, if you're there, uh, uh, definitely go ahead. Just before we sign,
1: yeah, I'm gonna w- I be brief because I see our time is limited and. Uh, when the show ends, this young lady is going to be taken off as well. So while I'm speaking, if you want to get some information or tr- change information, you probably can take a minute to do that, Jay. Because when the show ends, she's going to disappear. Um, but what I wanted to say was was that uh, when the young lady called a minute ago, are, are you hear me? You hear me?
3: Yeah, I'm still here.
1: Great, great. Uh, you can go in the back room and get more information if you need to. Otherwise, sure. I'm going to say this. A young lady a while ago mentioned that the uh the, that her neighbor did not want to be a part of it. And uh and, and as a as a former police officer, I can say that a lot of times when we would show up on the scene and we would be slick talked or I'm I'm saying that, but we would decide that uh, we could leave, the victim is still there with the person And they are feeling vulnerable. And this happens over and over and over and over and over. And I can assure you that a lot of the times that this was happening, these people people were being beaten when we would leave. But there was absolutely nothing we could do to prevent that. And so I propose to people in that situation, and I'm going to speak directly to you, that if you are, because the call of bringing that up, really this needs to be addressed if you're in that situation, or you know somebody that's in that situation, that they are being, that they are suffering from some form of domestic abuse, and they don't have anywhere to turn, and when you try to help them, or you call the cops, they leave. Here's what I would advise you to do: you need to ask that officer. I mean, because you're going to have to get over this thing about he's going to beat me, because he's going to beat you anyway, right? But this time he might kill you. You're going to have to go outside with that officer and tell them, I am in danger. I need help. And if you feel more comfortable with the female officer, you're going to have to do that. But you need to tell people, and I see Jay's back, you need to tell people when a person, when the police come, no matter what you're afraid of, you never know when that was the last time you had grab that officer while they're there, pull them to the side and tell them, "I am in danger. you're gonna have to do that. I know me telling you that you're gonna have to do that ain't the pro- they ain't simple, but that could save your life. And I had to interject that into there. And, and Jay, I just sort of shared with him about that situation where they said the person, uh, uh, she called the police, but they don't do anything. They're going to have to pull the officer to the side. They're going to have to, Jay. It's a matter of life or death, or it could be. They could die that night if they don't.
3: You're exactly right. And those are the things that we, we definitely want them to hear, and those are the things that we need to take with us. And uh, tonight has been a very, very powerful show. Uh, definitely you can go back and listen to this show, to this show in archives here at soulofamericaradio.com. But I want you all to do us a favor tonight. Uh, mark it on your calendar. We will be back next Monday, same time, same station. Uh, join us, tell a friend, tell a neighbor to listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And we look forward to speaking to you. Uh, Tony, anything you have to say before we just kind of uh, try to hit the last outro out? I don't know if we need to even hear it. Hit no, out.
1: great show, Jay, great show.
3: Thank you so very much. Uh, Callers, thank you so very much for being with us today. Uh, Definitely you can go to the site there. If you'd like to leave a message for us, uh, feel free to do so as well. But until next week, uh, at the same time, you can hear us here on Soul of America Radio and listen to Soul of America Radio. Go to the site there. You will see the times of other programs that are airing on this great network. And until that time, this is J.R. Ficklin saying good evening. Thank you so very much for being with us tonight.